Good afternoon. I'm Pramina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. A major milestone in the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic, the number of people vaccinated against it now exceeds the total number of infections across the globe. According to the latest update from the University of Oxford's Our World in Data and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 104.9 million vaccine doses have been administered globally. This exceeds the 104.3 million confirmed cases of COVID-19. Israel leads the world, having administered enough vaccine doses for 28 percent of its population. Health officials around the world are racing to vaccinate even more people in the face of new and more infectious COVID-19 variants. The World Health Organization also urging underscoring, make that also underscoring the importance of equal vaccine distribution among nations. Because much in all as we've had a huge economic impact in developed countries, Many of these developed countries can take that. They will recover. But some developing countries were already in trouble. They're already far behind and they're going to fall further behind. And we can't afford to let that happen. If we want our societies open, if we want to be on the journey to normalization and normalizing the way we live, then we've got to be fair about how we distribute the means to live normally. And right now, the unequal distribution of vaccines means that not all societies are going to get an equal chance to come back online. Uh, and that's simply not fair. COVAX allocates at least 330 million COVID-19 vaccine doses for poor countries. That's according to the vaccine sharing facility's interim distribution plan, which would cover an average of 3.3 percent of the total populations of 145 countries. The allocation includes vaccines from AstraZeneca and Pfizer. COVAX says they aim to deliver these in the first half of this year. There was a delay to the expected timeline for the candidates securing WHO emergency use listing, which means that some shipments will be moved into the third quarter. And we hope that you um, agree that today is a positive day as we think about this equity agenda that we've been talking about for a long now, less than two months since the first mass vaccination in a non-clinical setting anywhere in the world. At this point, soon we'll be able to start delivering life-saving vaccines globally, an outcome we know is essential if we're to have any chance of being able to uh, beat this pandemic, as well as deal with the new scientific challenges, such as the new variants. The World Health Organization blocked COVAX or make that backed COVAX was uh, launched last year with a goal of ensuring equitable access to vaccines during the pandemic. It aims to deliver a total of 1.8 billion doses to lower income countries by the year end at no cost to their governments. Russian COVID-19 vaccine Sputnik V unlikely to get the emergency use authorization in the Philippines this February. This even after late-stage trial results published in the Lancet International Medical Journal showed the vaccine is almost 92 percent effective in fighting COVID-19. The Food and Drug Administration says uh, Gamalaya Institute's vaccine candidate needs to undergo a thorough regulatory process before getting the approval for use. Kailangan din natin i-check kasi yung quality side. 
yung manufacturing. Kailangan din namin ng proof na yung manufacturing site nila complies with good manufacturing practice, mm-hmm. na very consistent sila, na every batch ay eh, tama at walang contamination. Ayoko namang madaliin ang ating mga eksperto. Gusto ko hanggang merong konting question pa sila, talo na sa safety and efficacy, eh, masettle muna before we make any decision. Janssen Pharmaceuticals may begin COVID-19 vaccine clinical trials in the Philippines within this week. That's according to Fortunato de la Peña, Secretary of the Philippine Science and Technology Department. Apart from Janssen, de la Peña says the Philippine Food and Drug Administration has already approved clinical trials by Sinovac and Clover. He notes these trials could take place by next month in areas with a high incidence of COVID-19 cases. Ngayon pa lang, kahit uh, hindi pa nagsisimula, ay uh, uh, binigay na dito sa mga vaccine developers yung mga possible sites according to the uh, data of the Epidemiology Bureau. Unfortunately, kasama sa aming confidentiality disclosure agreement na hindi punat namin i-announce kung ano, ano yung mga ibinigay na uh, potential na lugar sa uh, vaccine. Pero alam na nung LGU concern. A study by researchers at the University of Oxford shows AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine could slow transmission of the coronavirus. This report tells us more. High levels of antibodies have been found in almost all people infected with COVID-19 for at least six months, according to a major UK study. The results showed that 99% of participants retained antibodies for three months and 88% still had them after six months. Scientists say the results should provide some reassurance that swift cases of reinfection will be rare. Naomi Allen, a professor and chief scientist at UK Biobank who conducted the study, said that although we cannot be certain how this relates to immunity, the results suggest that people may be protected against subsequent infection for at least six months following natural infection. On Wednesday, a preprint study showed that just one shot of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine provided sustained protection for three months. It showed a 76% efficacy until a second shot was given and higher efficacy if the second dose was given at least 12 weeks after the first. Now that is really good news. Health Secretary Matt Hancock used this to defend the country's vaccine rollout strategy. Britain has extended the gap between doses and given the shot to people of all ages. Whereas France, Belgium and Germany recommend that Oxford's vaccine is only given to under-65s. Director of the Oxford Vaccine Group, Andrew Pollard, said the study was also a success for reducing transmission. Well, that could have a a really important impact in that it reduces the chances of uh, someone who's exposed getting the infection. And if they don't get the infection, they can't pass it on. So it decreases the risk of transmission in the population. The study's findings are only preliminary and still under review. It may support Britain's decision to separate doses, but it did not give extra direct evidence of efficacy in older people.
The local government of Malay in Aklan province will declare as persona non grata Barakay tourists who forge COVID-19 test results. That's after three tourists who presented fake swab test findings tested positive for COVID-19. Malay acting mayor Fro Frolibar Bautista says the local government is looking into passing a resolution that would ban these tourists from coming back to Boracay apart from other charges. The tourism department had already warned that fines and criminal charges await those who present fake travel documents. A negative test result is required to gain access to Boracay Island as part of COVID-19 protocols. Back with world news, the United Nations says charges against Myanmar's detained leader Aung San Suu Kyi undermine the rule of law and the democratic process in the country. After Myanmar's military seized power in a coup, a court charged Suu Kyi for illegally importing at least 10 walkie-talkies. Suu Kyi will be detained until February 15th for investigations. She may face up to three years in prison if convicted. Myanmar's president is also facing jail time for alleged violations of pandemic restrictions. We continue and will continue to call for her immediate release, for the president's immediate release, and all others who have been detained uh, by the military uh, in the last uh, few days. We're very concerned about their well-being, uh, given the concern about well-being of anyone who is in detention, but on top of that, you're, we're in a in, in a pandemic, as we all uh, as we all know. So that adds another level of uh, of concern. I'm not aware that we've been able to reach her or anyone else uh, directly, uh, nor that we've been able to speak to the highest level of the military. Uh, but we are special envoy. Uh, will continue to speak, uh, to try to speak, to establish contact uh, with whoever she needs to speak to. Last Monday, Myanmar's military launched a coup and detained top democratically elected government officials over what it claims was election fraud. Back here at home, a second fatality has been confirmed in the ammonia leak at an ice plant in Navota City. Our correspondent Rafi Santos now joins us on the line to give us more details about this. Rafi, what else can you tell us? Yes, uh, Carmina, Navota city officials have confirmed a second fatality in a deadly chemical leak in a cold storage facility last Wednesday afternoon. City DRRMO chief Bon Villanueva says the second fatality, electrician Joselito Hazareno, was found this morning about 30 feet from the scene of the chemical leak. Villanueva says Hazareno was not immediately found because it appears he tried to hide himself in one corner of the property. His body was removed by emergency services this morning. 26 other persons are still in the hospital, with three of them under observation, while the rest are expected to be sent home today. The plant remains closed, but residents around it have been allowed to return to their homes after city officials declared the area safe. The city is still awaiting a formal report from the DFP on what caused the leak, but the city insists the owners of the plant will be liable for all damages the incident has caused. Mayor Tobichanko had earlier admitted his family had a stake in the plant, but assures the company and not the city will be paying for the damages and also face appropriate charges. Carmina. Thanks a lot. Rafi Santos there joining us on the line. Keep safe, Raf. Meanwhile, some residents of the affected village in Navotas want the ice plant where the ammonia leak occurred to be moved somewhere else. Jimboy Kailo says he experienced shortness of breath and his eyes became irritated due to the leak. He added even animals and plants in their area were effect and make that affected. Nagrespondi po yung mga ano dito, 
ang mga tao na sa labas na po lahat, wala na pong tao sa loob ng ano, barangay. Kanya-kanyang likas pong bawat pamilya, doon po kami lumikas sa ano, sa Smoky Mountain. Dapat po eh, nilalayog ang mga ganyang ano, factory na nakasira sa tao eh. Kasi libo-libo pong tao nasisira eh. But Mayor Toby Tianco said that whole area is actually an industrial zone. Rappler CEO Maria Ressa and journalist Rambo Talabong file a motion to quash the cyber libel complaint they're facing over a story on alleged thesis for sale. Mike Navalio now joins us with the details. Mike? Hi, Carmina. Maria Ressa and Rambo Talabong were in court earlier this uh, morning, supposedly for their uh, arraignment, but that arraignment was postponed because of the motion to quash which they have filed. Essentially, they're seeking the dismissal of the criminal case for cyber libel that was filed against them by a college professor over a report on the alleged theses for sale at the College of St. Benil. In a motion to quash filed on February 1, Ressa and Talabong questioned the jurisdiction of the Manila Regional Trial Court because the information or the criminal charge allegedly failed to specify details regarding venue. They also allege the facts charged do not constitute an offense. Benil Professor Ariel Pineda filed the case last year, accusing Talabong of portraying him as a corrupt professor in his investigative report published in January 2020. The article reported on a complaint filed with school authorities alleging that Pineda, through a a middleman supposedly allowed students to pass their thesis subject in exchange for 20,000 pesos. The two journalists insisted there was nothing defamatory in the report if read in its totality and proper context, and it was not maliciously written, saying the statements cited in the criminal charge are direct quotes from the complaint or statements attributable to a source. Ressa, who is being charged in her capacity as then executive editor of Brappler, said in, the mo said in the motion that there were no allegations about her involvement in the publication, editing, or authorship of the supposedly libelous article. She has since relinquished this role, but it was the same role that got her convicted in June 2020 for cyber libel in the case filed by businessman Wilfredo King, along with former researcher and writer Reynaldo Santos Jr. She has appealed the verdict. Now, in the hearing this morning, they uh, asked for a postponement of the arraignment, uh, citing the motion to quash. Uh, Judge Maria Victoria Soriano Villadolid granted their plea and has tentatively set the next hearing on March 11, according to their lawyer, Theodore Te. The judge has also required the prosecution to comment on the motion within 10 days. Under the law, uh, it would fall under fair comment, right? Uh, it would fall under privilege as well, because if it is a, if it is simply a factual report with no commentary on the part of the of the of the reporter or the journalist, then it should fall under. I've only been a journalist for two years, but I've already faced two cyber libel That's still too much. Mm -hmm. After that, the criminalized libel that is nevertheless so possible. Meanwhile, Ressa has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for 2021, along with media groups, Committee to Protect Journalists, and Reporters Without Borders. But she says it's hard to think about the nomination when other journalists in the Philippines are in jail. But she said that the nomination is not so much about what they do, but about where the government has gone, making it difficult for journalists to do their jobs. And she said it doesn't matter because she and the other journalists are going to continue what they are doing. Farmina? Thanks a lot. Mike Navalio there joining us uh, live from Manila. Thanks again, Mike, and you keep safe.
Back here in the newsroom, a bill that seeks to lower the corporate income tax rate is ready for President Rodrigo Duterte's signature. Last Wednesday, the House of Representatives and the Senate ratified a bicameral report on the so-called CREATE bill, which aims to attract more foreign investments in the Philippines to help the pandemic-stricken economy recover. The measure, a key priority of the Duterte administration, will lower the corporate income tax rate from 30 percent to 25 percent for large corporations and to 20 percent for small enterprises. It also allows the tax-free and duty-free importation of COVID-19 vaccines and medical devices. Congressman Joey Salceda, the chairman of the bicameral committee, says the CREATE bill will lead to some 931 billion pesos in tax savings for businesses, thus generating 1.8 million jobs over the next 10 years. The Duterte administration forms a task force to go after unscrupulous traders taking advantage of the pandemic to exploit consumers. The Economic Intelligence Group's first mission, cracking down on those who jack up the prices of pork products. The task force is co-chaired by the Agriculture Department and the Department of Trade and Industry. Among its members, the Justice Department and the Bureau of Customs. President Duterte last week signed an executive order putting a price cap on pork and chicken in Metro Manila due to recent price surges. Cabinet Secretary Carlo Nograles this morning said the president has also allowed additional pork imports to boost supply. President Duterte approves the Energy Department's recommendation to continue the no-disconnection policy for lifeliners or low-income consumers. That's according to Cabinet Secretary Carlo Nograles, who says Duterte also called on lawmakers to extend benefits enjoyed by lifeliners until 2051. That's 30 years from its expiration in mid-2021. While lifeliners comprise 32% of the customer base, they only account for 3% of electricity sales. So this is very doable. And that'll do it for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Play back this newscast too on ANC's YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe, everyone, as you keep it here on ANC.